Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and on today's episode we're going to be discussing the 2020 film Gretel and Hansel, directed by Oz Perkins, starring Sophia Lillis, Sam Leakey, Jessica Degau, and Alice Kriege. Uh, This is a movie that's based on the popular folklore about a pair of siblings that wander into some woods and uh, end up in the house of a witch. Um, Brian, I I think this was uh, something that was on your radar. Was there a lot of buzz around this movie? I don't know. I mean, in the horror community, there was a little bit because Osgood Perkins has done The Black Coat's Daughter, which a lot of people, some people I saw mentioned on their top 10 of the decade. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2015. And then uh, he did another one on Netflix, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Yep. I don't know if you've heard it, of that one. I've, I've seen the cover. I don't think I've watched it. And, and we watched The Black Coat's Daughter. I Did did you like it? Do you remember like being a fan of it? I did not like it, but yeah. I, I kind of respected it, but it was just really bleak for me. Yeah, I think we were both kind of lukewarm on that one and, and just like very slow, I think, overall. Yeah, yeah. And that's like... I am glad that, I, and I had seen, I've seen I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, too. So I'm really glad, I didn't really care for either of those movies, but I'm glad that I had seen each of them because it kind of put me in the right mindset for this movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of mentally prepared you for what was to come here. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, so yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that Oz uh, Perkins has like a very signature style of like slow uh, atmospheric storytelling, I guess. Yeah, yep. And so I think the horror community, like that was... To answer your question, this movie was kind of on their radar, and then I think Sophia Lillis bringing a little bit of that It and It Chapter 2 fame to it probably made a little bit of buzz around it, but... Yeah. Yeah, when she popped up on screen, I I couldn't place her. I was like, oh my god, she looks so recognizable. And then uh, I saw this with Kyle, and fortunately he clued me into that with that being Beverly. Mm, Right, yeah. But, uh, I mean, how about that? Like, she's had some pretty big roles in horror movies in, like, the last three years. Yeah, yep impressive i feel like i can only name like two or three movies coming out this year uh you probably know a lot more right yeah i mean being on horror twitter is one a giant waste of time but also i feel pretty informed yeah. and i just keep up with uh bloodydisgusting.com oh nice i should check that out yeah um an interesting fact about oz perkins that i didn't realize he was uh, an actor in psycho too yeah yeah he played his the young version of his dad, his real life dad, Anthony Perkins. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, to do that as a kid and then like as an adult, you're now directing horror films. That's kind of a cool progression. Yeah, pretty cool. Genre wise, uh, what would you put this in? Uh, I've seen it called dark fantasy horror. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the there's fantasy. a whole like subgenre, if you could call it that, of fairy tale horror. Yeah, like, like uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh yeah, I was, I was gonna say kind of like a Maleficent, um, or like a wasn't it like a Riding Hood movie or something. Uh, I think there was a Red Riding Hood movie that was supposed to be horror. Um, yeah. And there's another Hansel and Gretel horror movie. Uh, Bounty Hunters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Which I, I bet is pretty different than this one. Yeah, it looks vastly different. Yeah. <laughs> but even ones that are kind of they're not necessarily like brothers grim fairy tales like this is like do you remember that one we saw called the hollow oh yeah that was like based on irish folklore and then there's like pan's labyrinth that Um, uh basque movie we saw aramentari yeah 
Aramentari, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's always cool when uh, new directors can take on like these old folklores and, and redo them. One, one thing that always bothers me, I, and I'm sure some of the movies don't do this, uh, a lot of them like stick in like the period that those stories were told. Uh, and I always think like there's a bigger opportunity there to like bring in the modern times for their retelling. Uh, and I don't feel like enough people do that, do you? Yeah, I mean, that probably, that would have been interesting to see even in this movie. Like, I yeah. think... That would have been a completely different movie, but I'd be interested to see a modernized Hansel and Gretel story. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. I, I think that would make it because uh, it, it, these stories are kind of like considered timeless. And so uh, I'm just surprised more people don't bring it into present day. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, another genre, like what about movies about witches? I feel like we, we haven't seen a lot about witches, have we? Yeah, that's true. I could kind of fall into the witches category. We have not. We haven't watched like almost any witch movie for this podcast. Do you no, feel that's like... not true. The Witch, Love Witch. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Except those two. Starting to yeah. lose track of what we've done, man. We're we're approaching episode 100. Yeah, I know. I know. There's <laughs> a lot to reflect on. Yeah. But uh, in general, like, if, if you look at the movies that have come out, like, in the past two decades, like, you got vampires, zombies, ghosts, things like that, uh, serial killers. I feel like witches tend to fall to the bottom of the list. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, there's not that many of them, I don't think. Of course, I'm going to, as we stop recording, I'll lie in bed thinking of all the witch movies I should have mentioned. <laughs> which one, which two. Which, <laughs> which the revenge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was kind of blanking on them, too, uh, until you mentioned those two. Uh, I, I feel like the what's the, what's the scariest uh, witch movie or, or like one of, like a good one outside of like the witch? But uh, well, I guess that's a good one, but... Who do you think has, like, done a really good witch movie? Um, Boy, I'm tempted to say a movie that, like, I don't feel like it could even be a spoiler just to call it a witch movie. Uh, um, which one? The Autopsy of Jane Doe a little bit. Oh, is there a witch at the end of that? Not really. Uh, I feel bad even talking about it, so maybe right. we won't. But <laughs> okay. they, took an, they, they took an interesting approach with it. Oh, man, now I, now I want to rewatch that one. Yeah. Um, I guess like Blair Witch it was a cool witch story, even though like the witch was barely there. Yeah, I mean it's just mostly story. Um, yeah, like a folk tale within that movie. But yeah, God, that one's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, witch movies are kind of a hole for me. So there might be yep. some obvious answers that people are shouting at us right now, but <laughs> they're not coming to me. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like the big ones are like Hocus Pocus, The Craft. Um, uh, oh, one that I thought was really scary. You ever see The Wizard of Oz Part Two? No. Oh, I always thought The that, Wizard of Oz was really scary. Yeah, that one's scary. I, I, uh, maybe it's just something Oz or something uh, is the name of the second one, but there's a really scary witch sequence in there, uh, which I, th I thought kind of stuck with me for a while. But Nice. Uh, yeah. Out outside of uh, like the, the Love Witch and The Witch, I can't think of like too many that have been like great in like, the last five, ten years. Yeah. I'm sure they're there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll remember them later. Yeah. Um. Hey, uh, oh, this movie, in terms of, like, the reviews, uh, it seems, like, pretty mixed. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's kind of, yeah, mixed, maybe skewing negative even. Yeah. I think uh, is people it... walked out of my theater. Wow. Yeah. It's, like, at a 60% in Ron's videos. I get, I get the sense, like, crit critics are uh, a fan of it, but right. audience isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, he's got a box office of thirteen point three million, and what we're here like a couple of weeks after its release, almost that we're recording this. 
Yeah, and it's only got like six million or something. Uh, no, it's, well, thirteen point three worldwide, I think. Oh, I thought that was the budget. That was the uh, the the budget was six, and then the yeah the box yep. office is thirteen. Oh, okay, wow, that's actually impressive. So it's it's actually earned back the initial uh, money then, right? Well, kind of, yeah. I think they I mean, say yeah. you've got to like at least triple before you start to get in the range of making money. But the more I learn about this, the more I realize just how complicated all that mess is. So yeah, you almost have to really know the specifics of each movie to say if it made its money back. Yeah, you got to look at the 10K, right, that they put out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's like, it. I'm sure there's like all sorts of tricky like movie accounting that the studios do. And like yeah. the budget of five or six million that's the thing. I saw five million. You probably saw six million. It's reported differently, different places. But then they yeah. also have a marketing budget, right? And then the box office is, doesn't include stuff they make on the back end with DVD or any sort of streaming deals. Yeah. Or if there's any sort of merchandising or anything like that with the movie or licensing, like a video game gets made, like. <laughs> yeah, something tells me this one might not get a video game. Actually. No. <laughs> Uh, I am a little surprised, though, given um, his last two movies, Black Oat's Daughter and I'm the Pretty Things, uh, w- which I, I assume that last one uh, was direct to Netflix. Is that the impression you have? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was surprised to see him get like a wide release like this one. And, and it's impressive that it has made some money over the budget, but yeah, who knows the profitability. But I feel like this director, um, it's just surprising that he would have a, like a wide release at a theater. I, yeah, I mean, it, it has to happen sometime. I, I guess it doesn't. A lot of people it never happens for. But I feel like he's got enough street cred for the Black Coat's daughter that... Um, and even his other one, even though it was slow, it was very well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there are enough people out who are, who are fans of Oz Perkins. Yeah. Coming out for him. Yeah, and I think uh, a take on a fairy tale has a little bit of, like, built-in appeal. A, I guess. It's kind of an existing property, so it's an easier sell. Yeah, I felt bad because uh, in our theater when we went to see it, some it was like pretty sparse, but like some parents like brought their kids to it, Uh-oh. and these kids were just like talking the whole time because they were probably bored as hell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think you get that feeling a little bit when you got a PG thirteen uh, folks folk story movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a PG thirteen movie, so yeah. Uh, was your theater pretty packed? Uh, no, it was kind of sparse. So I went on opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, did I go on opening night? No, I can't remember. Can't remember if it was opening, but yeah, it was. It wasn't that that crowded. Yeah, horror yeah. movies in my the theater that I go to are rarely that crowded. Oh, really? Like even like the big releases? Yeah, yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what is up? Do we have a Ohio connection? Oh yeah, we uh um. We outsourced our higher connection this time. This is the first one. I think I alluded to it on a prior episode that we would start doing this, but we're letting our friend and listener, Alex, who joined us for our Slice episode, do the Ohio connections from now on because I'm sick of doing them. And, and it makes it like a little more authentic, someone actually from Ohio, like living in Ohio, connecting it. Yep. Alex lives in Cleveland. He owns a bar on Cleveland that we've plugged before called Jukebox. They're at Jukebox CLE on social media. And that's just, like, a legit great place to hang out. I think Ashwin and I would both plug that place, even if we didn't know the owner. Yeah, the the, the music they got on the jukebox is, like, some of the best. Yeah, great jukebox. Great uh, great food, too. Yeah. Um, oh, pierogies. 
Yeah, those pierogi, so good. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, what's what's uh, what's the connection? Yeah. Okay. So straight from Alex. Gretel and Hansel is directed by Oz Perkins. In 2015, he co-wrote the horror thriller film The Girl in the Photograph. This film is noteworthy as being the last film produced by Wes Craven before his death. Wes Craven is, of course, from Cleveland, Ohio. That's awesome. Yeah, and he also said, also worth mentioning, Oz is the son of Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates in, Norman Bates in Psycho. Wait, Which we what? mentioned. I thought, you know, the way we mentioned that, I was like, did it, does Osborne get it? <laughs> no, wait, uh, I didn't realize that. Oz Perkins is the son of the actor who plays Norman Bates? Yeah, so he was uh, playing his dad's younger version in that movie. Oh, so him and his dad are both starring in that movie? Yeah, I could have sworn we even brought this up in the Psycho 2 ep- episode. Ah, man, I totally forgot. That's crazy. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense now. Okay. Uh, you remember wow. these movies better than I do, but you don't remember our discussions as well. <laughs> I just I just tend to bought those out. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a painful time in your life when you're talking yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, wow, that's awesome. Oh my yeah, God. thanks, Alex. Otherwise, we would have walked right past that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, we've connected things through Wes Craven before. He's kind of <laughs> yeah. That's He's another a nice thing. Path back to Ohio. That's the other one I keep forgetting. I, I, I forgot Wes Craven's from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've um, mentioned that before. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before. Dude, right. be- before we move on to the plot, uh, did you notice that this was in a different aspect ratio? No, I didn't notice that at all. It was? Yeah, yeah it's uh, 1.55 to 1. Wow. So it was uh, a bit that... more square than a normal theatrical release. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but not as square as like the lighthouse. No, not as squares. I think I can't remember the lighthouse exactly, but I feel like it was like one point one to one. Yeah, that was, that it was, was like a almost up literally a square. Yeah, ah, cool. And I, I didn't think one point eight five to one is the norm oh, in okay. a theater. Did, did you notice while you were watching that the aspect ratio is different? I did notice that while I was watching, but I've I've barely seen it mentioned or brought up anywhere. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good. Good eye. I totally missed yeah. that. Um, hey, one, one other thing, uh, so this is based on, obviously, an old story of Hansel and Gretel, uh, and I was re- refreshing my mind by reading that story, because I kind of forgot some of, like, what, how that goes down. Uh, in the story, it's portrayed that Hansel and Gretel are kidnapped by the switch, uh, though they kind of break in and eat the food, both in the story and in this movie, so is it really considered kidnapping? Yeah, I mean, really, they are, they are the trespassers here. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this one, yeah. she definitely wasn't kidnapping. She was just, like, it was in the middle of a famine. I don't really think it was even considered kidnapping in the original, but I'm I'm rusty yeah. on my on my brother's grim. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think it's like somewhere they come across a feast, uh, and it's uh, they start eating it. It's the yeah, and I think there was, like, a famine, an historical famine that is um, considered maybe the source of this story in general. So. Yeah. People yeah. essentially were like giving up their children because they couldn't feed them. Yeah, I feel like the true story here is like some kids broke into someone's house, ate their food, pissed off that person, so he's like, "You got to do some work for me." Then they like called them a witch uh, as they did in those times, and then there was some miscommunication about the oven at the end, and <laughs> things went down. Bad. That's the modern take you want to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The kids are the scary ones. Ah, man, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. millennials. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you clean the oven. That's how it goes. 
All right. Well, uh, before we dive into the plot and, and the spoilers and our review, uh, I just got to take a quick break. I got something uh, on the Instapot. Uh, do you mind if I, I check it for a minute? Uh, no, go for it, man. Cool. All right. I'll be right back. Hey man, I'm back. Yeah, everything cool with the Instapot? Yeah, you know, I was, I was trying out this new recipe for uh, this ravioli, and it involves a lot of like baby parts and intestines, and uh, I threw it all in there, but the, I was missing the last ingredient, which is like a, sh- uh, a dark-haired uh, witch, which uh, I couldn't find anywhere. But I, I figured I'd just throw in some extra cayenne, but now all I've got is like a uh, hot stew of baby intestines, which uh, I don't know. It should still be good, I guess. Every home chef's nightmare. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Missing that last ingredient. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of which, yeah, for PG thirteen, they show a whole table full of baby guts. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was pre- that was pretty gross. Yeah. Did we mention the spoilers would be coming? Uh, yeah, I think so. Kay. But let's remind everyone: spoilers are coming. Yeah. Um, hey, Austria needs uh, children. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you, oh, have an Instapot by any chance? I was just going to say, so do you still use your Instapot post the 2017 fad? Uh, I still have it. I I never use it. And I think the word Instapot is misleading because nothing's like instant about it. Like it still takes 20, 30 minutes, right? It does things a lot faster than other pots. Faster is different than Insta though. (laughs) Faster pot. Faster, that should have been the name. Faster pot. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we we got one, and I always get a little cringy when my wife wants a new kitchen gadget just because I feel like we've already got a bunch we don't even use. Yeah, and they take up so much space, right? Yeah, I mean, in my podcasting closet, I'm surrounded by probably at least two gadgets that <laughs> we've never used. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy in, like, 2017. There was, like, some big Amazon deal or something. Everyone is picking that yeah. up. Yeah, we used it a little bit at first, but it was mostly just to do rice really fast and stuff. But yeah, yeah, we don't people, use it at all anymore. Yeah, same. And, and like, there are people who swear by it, but I, I just I get really nervous because you just hit the buttons and you don't know what's going on in there. Like, you can't check or anything. And uh, and I was worried like when you open it, it's gonna blow up or something. Yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. I don't really yeah. enjoy cooking with it. Yeah, same, same. Um, but yeah, in this movie, we find that uh, back then, instead of Instapots, they just had a witch come and uh, cook things up really quick. Yep, it's pretty cool. she's fast. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wish we had that today. Um, all right, well, yeah, let's, let's start with the plot. So uh, this movie opens uh, with them kind of retelling an old story about this girl being born sick, and she's supposed to die by the time she turns one, but her parents are able to cure her by taking her to this witch who sits on a hill. And the witch cures her by filling her with this evil. And uh, this causes some trouble ar- around the village. Um, her dad uh, ends up killing herself, himself. And uh, she kills a cow or something. So she, so people banish her basically to the woods. Um, did you like this kind of opening and this retelling of, of this story? I have an embarrassing story about this opening. Ooh, was that you as a kid? Yep. <laughs> I um, knew it. <laughs> this is about me. Yeah. As I've mentioned on the show before... I will literally close my eyes in the theater for a horror trailer because I feel they reveal too much. 
And some sort of snafu happened in our theater where they started the movie right at start time, whereas they uh-huh. normally have 20 minutes of previews. So I had yeah. my eyes closed for the first, like, two minutes of this oh, movie. And God. then I was like, this starts, this is maybe the movie. And then I opened my eyes and was like, oh, brother. Hey, when you close your eyes, like, do you have, like, your hands, like, both hands over your eyes? Or is it just, like, eyes closed? I usually grab my neighbor's Art, loose article of clothing and put it over my eyes. Uh, that's what I. That's what I figured. And and you're like you're yelling like la 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 right so you yeah. can't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. My knees are pulled up to my chest. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna surprise you one day in these theaters and just make you watch the trailers. <laughs> All right, so you missed this. It'll intro, be like then. that scene in. Uh, oh my god, I'm just totally blanking on that movie. Clockwork uh, Orange. Which one? Have you seen Clockwork Orange? Oh, yeah, yeah, where they make them watch the, the videos. Yeah, the eyes are held open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Just me watching all the 2020 release horror <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so weird they didn't play any trailers. Uh, I they, they had one for A Quiet Place, too. I was really excited to see that one now. Yeah, I mean, I've been going to this theater for a long time, and I'm like... I've always been a little bit paranoid about when I'm getting there, and I've been timing it the past, like, 10 movies. I'm like, 20 minutes on the dot is when the movie starts, 20 minutes yeah. after they say it's going to start. Yeah. Not this time. Yeah, wow, straight to the movie. Boy, uh, I wonder how many people have dropped off between the Instapot thing and this. We're just, I know. We're just not talking about this movie at all. <laughs> so what else is going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you missed the whole intro here, which kind of sucks. Cause I have a question about it later on, but maybe uh, maybe I'll still have... I mean, I saw bits and pieces and I heard it, so I don't feel like okay. I missed that much. Okay. All right. But yeah, there's this intro of, about like this uh, story, which is supposed to kind of hang over this movie. But then we're introduced to Gretel and Hansel. Uh, so Gretel is kind of narrating the movie in the beginning, just kind of giving like a voiceover... Um, I think there's this famine going on. She's out with her brother there. She's going to a job interview. And uh, there's like this creepy dude is interviewing her to be a housemaid. But uh, he's like really creepy. And I think she gets the sense that like it's going to be more than just a housemaid. So uh, she turns it down. Um, There's also like some shaky camera work going on here. Uh, Almost like a handheld style kind of footage. Did, Did you notice this? I didn't notice that at this part. Yeah, there were like two or three scenes where like it's very shaky camera work going on between uh, her and her brother talking, it, but but it's like very inconsistent. It happens at like this part, maybe like one or two other parts. It's really oh, okay. weird. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but so I, I guess this is mostly context setting. And then Gretel sits down with her mom, and uh, her mom. Uh, it's revealed that her mom, her dad is dead, and her mom is like, "You got to get out of here and go live somewhere else." Do you know why the mom kicks Gretel out and Gretel and Hansel? I think it's basically because she's like, I can't feed myself, let alone feed you. So you got to get get out. You like got to go figure out what to do. And I think that, I mean, that's not uncommon for times like the like famine times in this time period. Yeah. Damn. You just send the kids off packing, huh? Yeah. I mean, especially if they're old enough that they might be able to like find some way to fend for themselves. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy times. So. Uh, all right, so yeah, then her and her brother head off, and the first night they find this place to sleep. Uh, but while like they think they're sleeping or they think they're safe, you see this kind of guy get up behind them, and he's kind of like this monster dude who chases them out and uh, attacks them. Uh, but luckily they're saved by this hunter who is wandering by. Uh, I, I love. I thought this was a great sequence. Pretty pretty creepy. What what did you think? 
Yeah, it was kind of a cool sequence, but I was like, what is this, a zombie or something? Yeah, it was kind of undefined what was going on with that dude. He was just kind of like this random monster or something. Yeah, I don't know if some sort... I mean, they talk about a disease that's um, coming over the land or something, right? Don't they at one point? Probably. Or Sounds I, like some. I think they say like crops are infected. I don't know. So I thought maybe yeah. maybe that dude has some sort of pestilence or something. Yeah. I think a lot of these early sequences between like that crazy like kind of guy... And um, and then like while they're walking at night, they see like shadows of like uh, the 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 girl from the beginning, like her silhouette, like a number of them. I think they're just trying to paint like that the woods or like the outside is like kind of a haunted, scary world, maybe. Right. And yep. uh, there are these two kids wandering through it. I think at one point, when she's narrating, she says the world up opened up to us like a huge, horrible mouth or something like that. Oh yeah, right. Did you like uh, the narration that was going on? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it added a nice uh, degree, but it's weird because like it's going on in the beginning and then it kind of goes away for a bit. But, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the way it happens in a lot of movies: beginning and end, and not much in the middle. True. Uh, so this hunter uh, tells them to he kind of saves them from that that monster, and then he like uh, gives them food and a shower, and then he tells them uh, to head towards some village where like a bunch of hunters are, and they can like give them a nice life or something. Um, yep. So they head off into the woods. Um, at some point, they stumble across some wild mushrooms, and they eat them, and I think they're, like, psychedelic, right? Like, they basically both trip out. Yeah. Which, I don't know, kind of random and hilarious. It was a pretty random scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of funny. They're just kind of laughing, I think. Yeah. Or something. There might have been um, a little bit of foreshadowing here. Uh, Gretel looks down at her hands and, like, makes a shocked face. Oh, really? Yeah, which we'll get to probably at some point. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I wonder if this me like, yeah, right. Well, yeah, we'll talk about this later. Uh, so then uh, they they keep walking, and they come across this creepy triangular house, uh, which I thought the house looked pretty sweet uh, in terms of, like, the architecture and everything. Yeah, man, the production design on this movie was really cool. Yeah, you're right. Throughout, like, the, the visuals are, like, pretty great. Yeah, yep. I mean... This dude's other two movies as well. The visuals were really compelling, and this movie yeah. is consistent with that theme. Yep, for sure. That's one thing he's good at. Uh, so they walk up to this house, and Hansel sneaks in. Well, he, he can see on the table inside there's, like, a bunch of food, like, dishes upon dishes of, like, sweet, savory stuff in there. And uh, so he sneaks in, and he starts to eat, and we see this kind of shadowy figure in the mirror come and take him over and uh, basically disappear with him. Uh, so Gretel kind of panics, uh, but eventually Hansel and this elderly woman named Holda uh, come out and um, she basically invites her in to come in and eat. So uh, they walk in. What did, what did you think of Holda, like her presentation and her appearance? I thought she looked great, like um, realistic enough that it could be an actual human, but disturbing enough that you're like, this is not the way someone looks. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like do something. feel? Same, yeah. I thought I thought they did the effects great, very like realistic, but like, uh, yeah, pretty human. But like, there's like something about it which is like kind of like shit. Something's fucked up here. Yeah, um, John Squires, who I mention a lot on the podcast, the editor in chief of Bloody Disgusting, he is always an interesting tweeter, and he compared her appearance to Nosferatu. Oh, um, I can't remember yeah. the guy that played Nosferatu, but like that you forget it's an actor in makeup and just assume there's like a creature working on the movie set. Yeah, 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 right. 
that's that's pretty powerful when people when they're able to do that. Yeah. Um. So she sits down with them and uh, basically the three of them eat the feast. And Gretel offers, you know, as a way to say thank you, that they can stay there and and do some housework for her. And uh, Holda says yes. And and we know at this point Holda's a witch, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you have any knowledge of of fairy tales, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, enough uh, is off-putting and creepy in her appearance in the house and the circumstances. Yeah, because, like, there's this huge feast there, and there's, like, no livestock anywhere, which, like, people, uh, I think Gretel, like, sometimes asks, like, oh, where do you, where does this milk come from, or where where's your livestock at, or where are you getting these berries from, or whatever. And so you kind of know, like, something suspicious is up here. Yeah. Um, so they start staying there and doing odd jobs around the house. Uh, Gretel and Hansel both, uh, I think Hansel at first like feels pretty comfortable there and Gretel is kind of nervous. And throughout the movie, she's got this opinion that like with any gifts, uh, you have to like give up something. So I I think it kind of like portrays her as, you know, being scared and like that, uh, you know, if someone's doing something nice for you, it means like they want something in return. Um, right. Right, and that theme kind of is kicked off early in the movie. As you said, she goes to interview for some job with this dude, and he's basically like, so are you still a virgin? Like, Yeah. Oh, right, I forgot he asked wants that. her to have sex with him. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that question. Uh, yeah, so, um, but then eventually I think, I think Gretel also starts uh, settling in there, and she has some conversations with Holda, and Holda talk, starts talking to her about, like, this power and ability that... Uh, Gretel has like and as like getting into like these conversations about like being a woman and the power you have and like stepping into that power and uh Gretel is like given the ability somehow to uh be able to move pieces of wood uh is that how you interpreted that power <laughs> I just thought it was telekinesis in general being able to move things with your mind oh I don't think the fact that it's wood matters <laughs> but then like she goes out and she's like able to like snap trees in half and like I, I thought it was all like wood based things, but maybe you're yeah. Crazy. I mean, it was. I think that was probably just the time period that it was. There wasn't any plastic around. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't like an iPad or something. For it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But basically, like, yeah, she somehow like gets these powers, and and now like uh, Gretel is like pretty feel, feeling pretty empowered by Holda. Um, and one night, uh, oh, and the other thing is like Gretel. I think at night is having these nightmares of like creepy bodies in the house. Um, any, I don't know, like, do you remember any of the other, like, nighttime sequences that were particularly creepy or scary? I don't know if these are all nighttime or not, but as you said, they've, like, seen... You never know if it's hallucinations or real visions in the woods of, like, women who look like they're dressed as witches, or maybe it's the yeah. same woman and appearing multiple times. Right. But it is a very classic but very creepy image of a witch, like, outline mm-hmm. silhouette. Like this narrow body and like narrow pointy shoulders and the, the pointy narrow hat. But it's like, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's what a witch looks like. But it's also really creepy. Yeah, I think it has to do with like the context, like the the woods, like the fog and like the way it's like being presented. They, they, you're right. They're taking like that uh, standard like witch appearance and baking it into like the this dark forest. And it looks like pretty scary. Yeah, it's like a very Wizard of oz witch appearance, but... Yep. You see just enough of it and it's like angled and stylized so well that it is creepy. And yeah. As we've hinted at, like the and I don't want to review it too much right away, but the cinematography in this movie was crazy good to me. Yep. So the 
the visuals when they tried to make them off-putting and creepy were effectively off-putting and creepy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. They, they did that really well. Um, so one night, uh, Hansel and Gretel get into this fight, because uh, I think Hansel now is like worried about how long they want to stay there. And Gretel basically walks him out into the woods at night and leaves him there. And uh, we see some witch come and like kind of take his hand or like beckon him and take him away into the woods. Uh, did, you, did you like that scene? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It was the first thing to really happen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, the second act like is kind of slow where they're just at the house and like not yeah. much is happening. Right, uh, so it was the first like dramatic, drastic action she had taken in a long time. Yeah, right. Um, so he goes missing uh, and Gretel starts to worry about him. Holda is saying, you know, maybe it's for the best. Now you can like, you know, not worry about him and focus on yourself and, you know, become what you're meant to be. Um, but then uh, I think one night Gretel sneaks into this door, like the secret door that she finds. And uh, it leads into this huge basement, which is crazy, like that they have this huge cellar uh, in this like, you know, s- seemingly smaller house. And uh, she finds Hansel in this corner and all these like dead body parts on the table, like gross, uh, raw, uh, dead, I think baby or kid parts. And uh, this black ooze starts to come out of this uh, pipe and it turns into this young witch uh, who uh, like casts a spell over the dead body parts and makes it turn into this feast. So now we know kind of like where all that food was coming from that we were seeing at the other meals. Uh, what, yeah, what do you think has been suspicious about that all along. She's like, we never see her go to the market. Like, yeah, this food doesn't stay fresh long enough to even be here. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of. I, I feel like as a viewer, that's kind of like planted in your mind too. Like, where's like you're in the middle of a famine? Where's all this food coming from? Right. Yeah. And Gretel voices that. So yeah, this is kind of a cool reveal. Did, did you like the scene? Yeah, I did. It, it was pretty creepy too. Did you, yeah, it was. Did, did you un- connect that this young witch that popped out was uh, Holda? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do see her as a younger woman. She kind of slips in and out of her appearances, but we don't see her transform at this yeah. point, so you don't know for sure. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. She's got all these, like, tattoos on her and stuff. Yeah, uh, she's essentially just a god. <laughs> yeah, Kyle and I were joking that, like, she, she looks like a bartender in, like, Logan Squares. So. Yeah, she <laughs> is kind of like a goth hipster type vibe. <laughs> yeah. So next time you're getting your coffee, you know, be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure there are no baby parts back there. Uh, so, um, so Gretel, you know, seeing this, she realizes, uh, yeah, something's afoot here. Uh, and it's basically the next day she tries to poison Holda, but uh, Holda's too smart for her and uh, makes her kind of come down into this basement. And she's like, I'm going to cook your brother now, and there's nothing you can do about it. So Hansel starts climbing the fire, and then Gretel manages to use her powers to move wood and (coughs) basically (laughs) pin uh, Holda to the wall so that Holda burns up in the fire before her brother, uh, you know, climbs into the fire. So effectively saving her. I thought it was kind of crazy how quickly this, like, final battle wrapped up. That was the great shame of this movie to be, not like shame, like shame (laughs) on you movie, but like, oh, that's a shame. Because like, I feel for all the criticisms that have been put on this movie, some are true, some are a little just like people are, the general movie going public may not be patient enough for this movie. Yeah, sure. 
but the the pacing of this finale kind of gives all of that criticism credence. Like, yeah, you could say it was slower, that the pacing was off, and that I don't think it would have necessarily been true had they pulled off this ending. But the ending did not land. Like it was, it was yeah. really fast for how slow and atmospheric the movie was. Yeah. It was it, just a really quick, not atmospheric ending. No, not at all. Yeah, like I couldn't believe like that was it. Like, oh, that's that's how you killed it. That seemed really easy. Yeah, You're just like, uh, oh, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like. And it's interesting that you say it that way because uh, I feel like we've seen a number of like really slow movies, uh, like Midsummer, uh, uh, Lighthouse, uh, where like um, you know it's very slow, but then like the climax, like it feels like it's really building and like the 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 play out like is long or like even in hereditary where it's very slow but the ending is pretty quick but it's like very like uh uh like uh intense and this right. one like i feel like it just missed the intensity for all that build up yeah or even bliss uh even bliss yeah right exactly uh yeah yeah it's like if you're gonna do a slow movie you gotta really make sure like the the payout is like either intense or like uh it rewards the audience but this one just kind of felt um kind of like a dud yeah yeah uh, yeah, so then the movie ends with uh, Gretel and Hansel escaping. Gretel sends Hansel off on his own into the woods on a horse. Well, I don't know where they got that horse from. And then Gretel kind of goes on her own route, and some other kids pop out of the woods. I imagine they were also under a spell or something. And the movie ends with Gretel looking down, and her hands are, like, turning black uh, because I guess she's turning into a witch. Is that your interpretation? Yeah, because the witch... Her fingertips, not even her tip, like her fingers essentially were black in the movie. They never say why. Just yeah. a stylistic choice, I assume. And Gretel's hands turn the same color. Mm-hmm. And right. I think those kids were like the spirits of the kids that she had killed that Gretel was somehow freeing. That was my interpretation. Because they like oh. dissipated into the woods. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so at some point in the movie... Um, Hulda opens up to Gretel and is like, um, that story from the beginning, I was the mother of that woman, of that girl, that baby that was born and uh, cast off into the woods. Uh, was Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so the mother was a witch as well? Yeah, right? So I don't know if it was kind of genetic or what. They didn't really go into that. Maybe they were both just born with them. And then what happened to that girl from the opening of the story? I Is don't she... know. Yeah, maybe she's one of those meals. Uh, there were some plot. There were some holes. Speaking yeah. of holes, there was a scene where the witch goes off into the woods and digs a hole and then like barfs in it. Oh, really? Did you see that? Nah, I kind of missed. I I forget that one. Yeah, she... I don't know. There were a couple things. It was like nothing was happening for most of this movie, and then there were some things where it was like, "What? What does that mean?" Yeah, just like random witch things. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Osgood Perkins has like talked about that he really likes that this movie, that the script, as when it came to him, was pretty simple and like it didn't screw with the essential story all that much. It really didn't. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, you know, so many of these movies are things where we try to take a new take on something old we feel we have to add a complexity or a complication or put some new spin on it and he said he liked that the script didn't have that and in fact he pulled stuff out of the script like he pulled stuff out he like made it less complicated oh huh which i think i don't know 
I get where he's coming from, but it kind of felt like a mistake just because this movie was, there really wasn't much that happened. And yeah. I think that's so many people's chief complaint. Like, yeah. nothing happens. They they get kicked out of their house, they find the witch's house, and then they're there. Yeah. Until yep. the end when they defeat the witch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. On the on the surface, that is a pretty straight story, and uh, I feel like I, you know, that now that you say that, I feel like there are things he tried to like the hunter in, in the beginning, and that that monster they come across in the beginning. Um, there were like some things he tried to throw in there, maybe to like add, but but those felt very minimal. Uh, yeah. So I wonder if like that's a result of like some of the editing out of like maybe there were like more twists and stuff that he took out. Yeah, and, and like editing, not not. F- editing the film but like like scrapping things in the script yeah yeah that might have explained some of the random parts that we see yeah i think i think his biggest contribution though and like his his take on this i mean and it's in the title like the fact it's gretel and hansel instead of hansel and gretel was it wasn't this like very much about her like not being scared of the world anymore and being in a position of like power at the end yeah, I mean, it's kind of a coming-of-age story. And actually, I don't know if you remember, months and months ago, I emailed you and was like, hey, February is Women in Horror Month. Maybe we should do something for that. Oh. <laughs> and here we are planning to release this as our last February episode and not yeah. had no, oh, that's, <laughs> haven't celebrated it. That's but convenient. <laughs> I proposed doing like a whole month on teen girl horror, which is this subgenre that's basically like coming-of-age, puberty, etc. Yeah. Uh, like Ginger Snaps, The Witch, Jennifer's Body, Carrie, The Craft, It Follows, etc. Yep. But we got a little bit of that here with Gretel's story because we do have a scene where she has a nightmare um, with like flowing blood and she wakes up and she's had her period. Yeah, yeah, right. And it yeah. is definitely her coming to terms with kind of what the witch told her, like your brother holds you back. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't take the witch up on it and let her kill her brother but she did kind of say we have to part ways here yeah why did they have to part ways i mean i I thought she was like kind of looking after him yeah i don't know i mean oz perkins i think has said that the story definitely has themes about attachments and how the things we love can get in the way of our growth yeah so maybe that's just part of it like it right wouldn't be and it's interesting to me especially i don't know if you've had this experience in your life just like friends or acquaintances or people that you like it's not like you drop them but it's just like this time of my life is done now so like i'm moving yeah. on to the next thing yeah but this is like her six-year-old brother in like the middle of this right. famine right <laughs> like that it did go. feel very different yeah you gotta I, go fend I, for yourself yeah i like the theme in theory but in practicality it's true it didn't make much sense yeah yeah but uh yeah that, that, but I, I mean, I, I like that that he took that angle though, and and used this like this old story though to like bring up, uh, you know, like in a different context, more about like this the about Gretel and Hansel and coming of age uh, theme. I, I thought that was kind of a cool addition. What, what did you think? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what what, what do you think overall? Like, kind of worked and, and didn't work in this film. I mean, to me, the biggest takeaway and my favorite thing about this movie was the cinematography. Yeah. It just looked so cool, like the colors and like the composition and like he did a lot of wide angle shots too where the trees just looked gigantic and mm-hmm. just all the angles and the design of the house, it was just great. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I agree. The the footage was awesome and, and the, the cinematography was great. I like the score too. 
you know, that's one uh, I was in crazy about. Like, I didn't feel like it fit. Uh, it was like very like electronic and synth heavy, and it, right. it felt like a very futuristic movie. But uh, from the soundtrack, uh, yeah, you, you, I had to like... let go of that in order to enjoy it because I definitely had that thought. Like, this is a bit anachronistic. Like, yeah, it doesn't fit this time period. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't. But but uh, you thought it worked though in terms of driving the tone of the movie. I still liked it. I, yeah, because I mean it was a pretty atmospheric movie, and I thought it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the music a lot. I, I just I wasn't sure if it exactly fit uh, the movie, but it's definitely right. like something I would have I would have listened to on its own too. It was good. No, I get it. Um, uh, acting, I also thought the performances were great uh, across all three or four actors. Sure, I mean the kid with a child actor, it's either like they were f- good enough, or they were incredible, or they were bad, and I feel like this kid was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think Cal and I really hated this kid. I thought he was just like <laughs> over the top, like trying to be too cute. It smells uh, but, of cake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it smells like cake. <laughs> uh, yeah, that got kind of annoying. But I, I agree. I thought the witch uh, and uh, Gretel, like great performances on, on their parts. And I love the scenes of like the dialogue between them. And just I, it's sometimes like there's like a battle of, of like wits going on there or something. Uh, yeah, which, and I thought that they were, even though this, there was no real, there wasn't a great story to speak of, like the plot didn't have many ins and outs. Yeah. I th- there were compelling characters, largely due to the performances. Yeah, right. Yeah, th- I think that both of them brought a lot to that role. And that's what kept me interested when it was real slow. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that that definitely kept the movie going, is, is their interpretation of the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the other thing that I saw, I, I just feel like there were some inconsistencies in the fact that, like, in the beginning, you had some shaky camera work, which never really came up later, and then I thought it was weird that the voiceover was there in the beginning, goes missing for, like, most of, like, the second act of the movie, and then comes out, like, at the last, like, five minutes again. Um, I, I don't know, that, that just felt a little bit inconsistent. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know, I felt like the second act kind of lagged, uh, just say, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, like nothing happens for a while, right? It does. I mean, there's no bones about it that the second act lags, that's for sure. Yeah. One interesting thing is that the movie is only about, I can't remember the runtime, but it's like 90 minutes on the nose. Yeah, you're right. It's not like terribly long. <laughs> yeah. So at least it yeah. has the wherewithal to not draw itself out forever, but it yeah. probably could have had another five to 10 minutes added to the conclusion. Yeah. The, the showdown, I guess. Yeah, I would have loved to see like a longer showdown or like something a little more scarier, like a payout there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it almost felt like the end of like a kids movie or like a Disney movie or something. Like, yeah, gonna, but I'm not enough that. catharsis even for like the end of a Disney movie. Like, <laughs> That's true. Just yeah. kind of a dust your hands off and move on. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, what a letdown. Uh, yeah, any any other thoughts about the movie or anything? Um, I think that the, to your point, the narration at the top and bottom of the movie didn't bother me, but I think the like resolution after she killed the witch was too long. Yeah. And I think it would have been better to leave some things up to the viewer's imagination about what happened after the witch was killed. Sure. Yeah. And it just kind of rubbed it in or it made it more obvious and stark just how quick that showdown was when you've got this. Oh, yeah. More Resolution like ab- that's longer than the showdown was. True, yeah. More of like an abrupt ending, I think, would have been a lot better. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, she's like talking for like five minutes about like all the stuff they're going to do now and that kind of thing. 
Did you think this movie was scary? Uh, no. I thought it kind of started out scary, but then I feel like in the middle it forgot it was a scary movie. What about right. you? I don't think it was scary, but I think it successfully was, like, eerie, creepy. Yeah. It had a good atmosphere. Yeah, mostly because of the cinematography, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that was the most effective part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think earlier, you know, when you said fantasy, I feel like this leans more towards a, a fantasy type film. Right. right. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, how many pigtails being pulled out of a uh, mouth would you give this one? I give it 3.5 pigtails being pulled out of a mouth. I feel yeah. like at its best, it's, it's visually mesmerizing and at its worst, it's just dull. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in between there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty generous. Uh, I, I would only give it two. I mean, I, I thought, uh, you know, he didn't add enough of the story to make it original, and then it was, like, pretty slow. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. The one thing it had going for it was, like, great cinematography, and the music was cool. I just thought maybe not aligned with, like, the, the, the type of story it was. Yeah. And, you know, I, Midsommar is a movie where I was visually stunned almost and still mm-hmm. wasn't enough for me to like the movie, but I really think that the characters here helped me stick with it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, performances. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Really good performances by both. And the uh, witch was humanized quite a bit, which helped. Yeah, I know. I know. I for a part of part of me kept thinking maybe she's not a witch, but I guess she was a witch. <laughs> I think that was that very was much a witch yeah. slash bartender in Logan Square. Exactly one of those. <laughs> uh, hey, so oh, after this movie, what's your overall take on Oz Perkins? Is he legit? Should he stick to video on demand streaming services? I mean, I think he's legit. He's just not my exact cup of tea. I think this is going to sound crazy just because, like, all his movies to me have been like two, two and a half, three and a half ish realm. Yep. I think he has the potential in him to make like a true modern classic. A lot of people would say The Black Coat's Daughter is that modern classic. Right. I think he could make something truly incredible. Mm-hmm. If he just was given a script that really was solid, yeah, um, like he wrote the scripts for "I Am the Pretty Thing in the House" and "The Black Coat's Daughter," and then it sounds like he took some some liberties with this one. <laughs> but I feel like if he could get a really solid script, it, yeah, he could make a great movie because he he's a good director. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I, I mean, I feel like at least Black Coat's Daughter, I feel like that had pretty strong performances too. And I'm sure the cinematography, I, I mean, I don't remember it, but I'm sure it was effective. Yeah. Although, you know, I don't know, like the 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 climax happening so fast, Who? it's hard for me to say, like obviously neither one of us know that much about film in reality. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say whose fault, if it's if it can be on any specific person or department, yeah. That is. Like the pacing on that that showdown. Is it the editing department? Is it direct I mean the director ultimately has Yeah. Is the chief of everything, so it's definitely some his fault. Like it's yeah. part of it the script. Like how did no one see like that happens way too fast and Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that almost wasn't worth it. Uh I, I, I put the blame on him. Uh like even if it was like the script and whatever, like he's he's behind the camera, he's like setting the tone for the rest of the movie. He should, right. like, do the math in his head and be like, well, if this movie's, like, so slow moving at this pace, the ending needs to be, like, super, like, intense or something. Right. To make it pay out. Um, yeah. Do you remember if, like, uh, Black Coat's Daughter had a similar issue with the ending? 
the ending actually for Black Oats Daughter, I think, was pretty intense. Yeah. Okay. And then pretty haunting slash chilling at like the its very last moment. Like yeah. it did the complete opposite of giving you like a ten minute wrap up where you know everything that happens. It just gave you one like pretty unsettling moment. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Where yeah. you're just like, wait, so what oh, I think maybe I get it. Yeah, right. That that's what it should be. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. What do you yeah. think of this guy overall? What and his future? Uh, I'm not impressed, man. I mean, may- maybe you're right. Maybe with like a great script, though, I'm worried if someone handed him a great script, he would like edit it down into something mediocre, like his last. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I-, I don't feel like he knows. Uh, at least with this movie, it didn't give me the sense he knows how to land uh, like a long film. But uh, it kind of makes me want to go watch Black Coats again, and then watch uh, Pretty Things in the in the darker. Dude, if you thought this movie was slow, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house is. It's one of the slowest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it is beautiful and, like, really moody and atmospheric. It, yeah. It's admirable in some senses, but boy, oh, boy. Oh, okay, wow. There is a letterbox review that had, like, a whole bunch of likes where someone just wrote for their review, I am the bored person that watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a hard line. Like, as a film director, you're going to make a slow movie uh and you know like if it's too long i mean yeah it's you're like taking up a pretty big risk there right how how do you make it pop or do you do you deliberately not make it pop right right speaking of pacing issues man this is one of our longest episodes on a 90 minute (laughs) very average (laughs) critically mixed movie i know came out early in the year yeah we took one from uh, oz perkins (laughs) Yeah, took a page out of his book. Yeah, people are probably going one day. We should probably be taking these notes ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, I I think it's a it's a good one uh, to talk about, and uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what his next movie is like. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I'll see it. I'm interested. Yeah. Yep. I, I might wait for it to come on DVD. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. We won't cover it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else on this one? That's it. Let's wrap this thing up. All right, well, that's it for our discussion on Gretel and Hansel. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. That'll help other people find our show, and we appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Uh, we're going to be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with a few listeners and other horror fans so you can find that link on our website. We also have a Patreon page. In case you want to throw some change our way, you can find us at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on etsy.com. And until next time, if someone invites you over for a big meal or a feast, make sure to bring a bucket of water and uh, throw it at the host just in case uh, they're a witch. Uh, I think that's just Wizard of Oz, man. What? Are you sure? Uh, I think so. God damn it.